Real Presence Live. Religion has understood things about the way humans function long before science was able to prove anything. Local. It's always important for all of us to kind of look externally and say, what about these family? They are just like the Holy Family. They're experiencing the same persecution. Engaging. Jesus wants to be with us. I always think of that as at the heart of the Eucharist. Live. A mystery then of the rosary allows us to see a teaching of the church, but to be able to go deeper within that teaching. Good morning, America! I'm Father Justin Walsh. I'm Father Josh Walsh. And we are the Sons of Thunder! Got a great show for you this morning, folks. We're coming live from studio here in Bismarck. We have the mother of the Sons of Thunder in studio, Teresa Waltz. She's sitting in the background right here listening to the show. She's going to join us a little bit later. We've got four seminarians of the Diocese of Bismarck. we got Josh Hill, Ben Warner, Greg Hilsendigger, and Paul Gardner joining us. What's up, us. guys? Say hi to 1.2 million people. Hey! <laughs> and we, we, also, we also have Hogan in studio. Yeah, we got, got Hogan in studio. studio. Dog, We've got a good Catholic dad coming in later. Great guests, a great show. So, as always, now we know you got this one in your calendar because we told you last time that it was going to be on the stage. So, I'm sure everybody had a little alarm that just went off that and, said, Sons of Thunder. And people had alarms go off saying, Got to go to confession. Remember that? That's right. People right. texted so, me. They had pictures of the faith. They, they screenshot their phone that said confessions and screenshot. Bro, so, th- for Sons all of, of you who went to confession, remember the last show was all confession. We want to thank you for your repentance. We want to thank you for uh, getting out there and practicing your faith. Uh, we got great guests for you, but as always, we want to we want you to get on your social platform, text out, Twitter out, Facebook out, maybe even pick up a phone and make a call, which nobody does anymore. Write a letter, just and write a letter right now. Just write, write a letter to somebody in, that the, the Sons of Thunder are on the air. Which brings us to everybody's favorite segment and favorite guest. It is time for. Crushing it with Bishop Kagan! Oh, it's always good to have you in studio, Bishop. Thank you, I'm speechless. <laughs> Especially during Holy Week. It's great to have you in the, in the studio during Holy Week. And we just had the Chrism Mass yesterday, so we got a lot to talk about. But before we do that, we're going to begin, as we always do, uh, with a prayer. <clears throat> and so we begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we ask you to send your Spirit upon us. We ask you to guide this show. We ask you to bless all of our guests, enlighten them with your sevenfold gifts. We ask especially, Lord, for prayers upon the people of France as they mourn the loss of the iconic Cathedral of Notre Dame. May they know in their hearts that it was a great symbol of Our Lady and it will be again. We ask that you continue to bless us and the world as we pray together. Hail Mary. Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Bishop, again, thank you for being on with us, Sons of Thunder, on Tuesday morning, 9 o'clock here in Bismarck. We just had a beautiful day yesterday, as you well know. We had... uh, Traditionally, everybody, what's called the Chrism Mass. And so my first question for our good bishop 
this morning is could you just tell the people out there listening right now what is the chrism mass and what happens at the chrism mass uh the mass of of chrism of course the the word chrism takes its name from uh the title of jesus as the anointed of god the christ and uh it's at this mass specifically uh, uh at the direction of the church to be celebrated by the bishop with his priests for them and for the people uh, to whom uh, they have been sent to serve. And it's in the context of this Mass, it's an annual Mass, uh, where the bishop uh, blesses the oil of the sick, the oil of catechumens, and the sacred chrism to then be distributed uh, through their priests to the parishes to be used throughout the church year in the administration of the various sacraments. Uh, the oil of the sick, uh, it, it, the very title gives its purpose. Uh, it's used by the priests, <clears throat> pardon me, when they're anointing people either uh, at the moment of death or in a serious illness uh, the oil of catechumens is used during the rite of baptism uh, and uh, sacred chrism is used in three different sacraments uh, and uh, the uh, sacraments are baptism, confirmation, and holy orders because when one is anointed for uh, with chrism one is anointed uh, by God the Holy Spirit uh, for mission, for a purpose, for a vocation. And of course, when we're baptized, we receive, after of course we're cleansed of original sin and immediately incorporated into the body of Christ as church, we receive that first vocation, and that is to holiness. Uh, then in time, uh, we receive the sacrament of confirmation in which we are specifically uh, anointed on the foreheads uh, with the cross of Christ with sacred chrism, which uh, then, uh, as a confirmed Roman Catholic, uh, we are anointed not only to continue and to foster uh, that first vocation to holiness, but to do so in a public way so that uh, when others uh, see and hear those who are confirmed Catholics, they are to see and hear Christ. And so uh, it's a further specification, but also an expansion of that original vocation to holiness. And then uh, in sacred orders, holy orders, uh, one is, uh, when one is ordained to the sacred priesthood, one's hands are anointed when one is uh, receives the fullness of the priesthood in Episcopal ordination and consecration. Sacred chrism is actually poured on his head. What was that like at your ordination? Well, uh, it had to be awesome. It's, uh, <laughs> it's like it's, the anointing of Aaron. <laughs> it's, 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 it almost defies description. It's, it's on the one hand quite humbling but 
as that sacred chrism is poured on one's head and depending on who the consecrating bishop is you get either a lot or a little dab <laughs> I got a lot and it was running into my eyes but <laughs> it uh, um, mystical <laughs> it, 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 it's it's not just humbling it I think there are two points in that ordination or consecration uh, ritual where it really dawns it should dawn on the man when you're prostrate on the floor of the cathedral listening to the litany of the saints and then with that anointing on your head literally uh, with sacred chrism uh, what that demands of the person uh, exactly. demands not just serious humility not a false humility <clears throat> but an understanding of you know for his reason and his reason alone the Lord has chosen this man, me, to be the chief shepherd of an entire diocese, but then that sacred chrism, it, it impresses, or it should impress on the person, uh, the responsibility that goes with this. Uh, I, you know, in with all my false failings and everything else, when I stand before Christ at the particular judgment, I have to answer to him, not just for what I've done to either gain or lose salvation, but what I did to help others as a bishop do that same, whether it's priests, deacons, or the Catholic laity. Uh, and so they, to get back to the original, uh, these sacred oils uh, and chrism are consecrated by the bishop for... Uh, abundant and generous use as the church teaches uh, in the administration of the sacraments uh, for the building up and the healing of the body of Christ and uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a beautiful mass and it's exceedingly important as uh, an annual uh, liturgy in the church yeah, just hearing you talk about it, I remember your ordination and thinking to myself the, that very thing, the sheer amount of responsibility that is on the bishop in the diocese. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, tremendous. I remember <laughs> Cardinal DiNardo one time, he said, those who desire to be a bishop deserve it. <laughs> That's absolutely correct. So, so, Bishop, during the Chrism Mass, I was, so as we have the seminarians here in studio with us, one of my favorite parts is, uh, first of all, hearing your homily, because it always speaks deeply to us as priests and brothers and all together as one and kind of the mission <clears throat> that we're, we're setting out upon, but also is when we renew our promises. Right. Because um, it, it reminds me, number one, of what I promised, and number two, of, uh, you know, sometimes how short I fall of that. Mm -hmm. But I just love, you know, it's like <clears throat> we always, as priests, we're always sitting there, you know, and like, when you do the the renewal of like the 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 creed, you know, mm, to the people of God, yeah. promises, and you're like, yeah. do you believe in Jesus Christ? And they're like, I do. When you hear the priest, it's like, I do, and you know, it like echoes throughout the mm. the army, right? And I just I, I just I remember thinking in that moment what it was like to be a seminarian and experience that. So uh, I just asked one of the guys if they wanted to share, and Greg Hilsendigger said he did. So yeah, I guess for me the Christmas is just a very powerful experience. Before even the promises of seeing all the priests come in processing in together as brothers. I remember even before I joined seminary that 
that was just one of the things that kind of lit my heart on fire is seeing all these men just processing in all together as one these men who lay down their lives for Christ and then as you were saying Father standing together to renew their promises just uh, reemphasizes that the call to what we're doing in seminary is to lay down our lives to I know there's a line in one of the prayers that says we're living our lives not for our gain but for laying on our lives for the good of the faithful for the good of the Christ the church and it's inspiring to see all the priests to know this brotherhood that I'm God willing going to be a part of one day to be able to stand with those men one day and proclaim that I want to lay down my life as Christ did. You got a great radio voice. We'll have to have you on later (laughs) on. (laughs) I get a whole whole group of priests that are going to be live on the air, everybody. Bishop, could you speak a little bit in this chrism mass? Because the word that comes to my mind, uh, two words when we're we're making those promises, is number one, we're kind of like the army of God. And number two, even deeper than that, we're, we're family. Mm-hmm. You know, the spiritual father of the diocese, chief shepherd yourself, uh, along with all of your spiritual sons and, and us brother priests, is very, very, very powerful for me. And your homily every year uh, s- speaks into that. Maybe if you could just say a few words of your experience uh, as the spiritual father with the priests of the diocese and, and preparing that homily and preaching to us in that moment. Uh, the one, it, it strikes me, every year uh, during the chrism mass uh, probably not during my homily but it just strikes me when I sit there facing all of you uh, my brother priests who come uh, from a considerable distance uh, and um, just how good all of you really are and that's a great it's a blessing in the sense of not only a consolation to me the bishop but I know our people realize that now I know and in anyone like you guys I hope you're not expecting a thank you note every week from somebody <laughs> once you're a priest we don't do that and that's not why you know, uh, we pursue the priesthood. But our people are truly grateful. And from time to time, uh, I, I hear that from people, and I always, I will respond to them, but then I pass on uh, what they've told me about you, so you know that. And, you know, and I, after Masses on weekends, many people will thank you and nice sermon, Father, and, that, and that's always good to know. Uh, but I just got a letter this morning uh, from a person who came yesterday to the Chrism Mass for the first time, and all she could say, I mean, she wrote a nice letter, but she just said, I, I, I knelt in awe at seeing all of our priests with you saying Mass. That, that, you know, I don't need to hear anything else. You know, that's what I see, and I'm glad others see it. Now, does that mean everybody is perfect? No, we don't do things correctly or the way we would want to do them necessarily all the time. But our people are good people. They understand 
you know, we're present. We're sent to them not to kind of rule over them, but to guide them. Uh, and we do our best, and that's all they they are asking for. I, every year I think of what uh, Pope Benedict said, I think it was back in 2006. He said, our Catholic people really expect and want one thing from priests, that you are experts in the spiritual life. You don't have to be the best parish managers, of course I'd like you to be, <laughs> uh, <laughs> or anything else, but he said what matters most is that you cultivate your relationship with Christ and help your people see that and develop their relationship with Christ. And I, I see that in our priests and all of you. And I know our people see it. And so that's that's the great... I, I look forward to this Mass, perhaps second only to ordination Masses. And we've got a couple ordinance coming up here. We're gonna have one, one of them's of them gonna be on. on. Yeah, later in the show, everybody. We want to thank you to uh, for tuning in to Real Presence Live, uh, Sons of Thunder show. Bishop, thank you so much for being on with us, You're folks. Again, get out there and tell everybody that we're on because we got a whole studio full of seminarians. We got a good Catholic dad that's gonna be on next, and a lot of other very, ex very, very, very exciting things. Again, thank you, Bishop, for being on with us this morning. Uh, folks, we're going to uh, have our first break here this morning, but when we return, get your uh, questions ready for Straight Talk with the Sons of Thunder. We're looking forward to taking your calls. Don't touch that dial. We will see you in just a little bit. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you want your business's message to be heard by a dedicated audience during one of our biggest on-air fundraisers of the year? Tune in to the RPR Network for our Spring Live Drive, which runs Wednesday, May 8th through Friday, May 10th from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Central Time. It's a family reunion as we bring you great stories of how the Lord has touched the people you know through Catholic Radio. To become a sponsor of the Spring Live Drive, contact me, Brett Byler, by calling 605-670-8333. Tune in for special programming throughout Holy Week and the beginning of Easter. Beginning Holy Thursday, you'll hear many special programs, including Stations of the Cross with Mother Angelica, Solemn Mass of the Lord's Supper live from the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C., the Commemoration of Our Lord's Passion live from Rome with Pope Francis, the Easter Vigil and Easter Sunday Masses from Rome and the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception, and many other Holy Week meditations and retreats. Prayerfully enter our special Holy Week and Easter programming, Thursday, April 18th through Monday, April 22nd. Rapid City Catholic Schools welcomes you to the 39th Annual Mayfest Auction and Dinner Saturday, May 4th at the Rushmore Plaza Civic Center's LaCroix Hall starting at 5 p.m. The event's theme is An Evening in Paris, and there will be a live and silent auction with hundreds of great items where all registered bidders will be entered in a drawing for one student to receive one year of free tuition. Event tickets are $65. For more information, contact Liz at 605-348-1477. 
Rochester Catholic Schools welcomes you to an all-new Hearts of Gold, Friday, April 26th, starting at 6.30 p.m. at the brand-new Hilton in downtown Rochester. The event's theme is Cirque in the City, and there will be a cocktail party atmosphere with cuisine available at several unique food stations, plus a VIP hour at 5.30. Individual tickets and host table options are available by visiting rcs.com mn.org backslash hearts of gold. We all appreciate the comforting things in life. Great food, laughter, celebrating mass together, and friendships. Here at Riverview, we have all those things and more. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. With Senior Independent Living Apartments and our Crosshaven neighborhood for those seniors who need a little more assistance, it is the sense of community here that makes Riverview home to all of us. Contact me, Carrie Dew, or Kelly Brecky for a tour at 701-237-4700 or online at homeishere.org. You're listening to the RPR Network. Now back to more Real Presence Live. All right, we're mid-hour, everybody. You're back with Father Justin Walsh. And Father Josh Walsh. And we are the Sons, Sons of Thunder. I like to try to get a growl in there at the end. Yeah, you gotta get a little The thunder effect comes in right <laughs> at the <laughs> Well, we hope everybody's having a really good morning. Pour yourself that cup of coffee. Get on your social media and let everybody know that we're on. And then in just a few minutes, we're going to be going to Straight Talk, and that number is one eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. You can get on the Facebook page for Real Presence Radio. <laughs> Type in questions even now. We're ready to take them uh, when we get to it. And usually with this particular show, we got so many questions coming in, you really want to get in the queue so that you get your question answered because <clears throat> we want to answer that question. Hashtag Sons of Thunder. Hashtag Sons of Thunder. Neither of us have Twitter, but I heard that's how it works. So. <laughs> <laughs> Do something with the hashtag th- Sons of Thunder. So we're blessed. Up for Lent. <laughs> Good for you, man. We're blessed. We got a lot of guests. Uh, we got a few minutes, though. We're going to uh, do a little interview here. We got some questions for our seminarians in studio because we also have the one and only Father Josh Waltz, who is the vocation, vocation director. director. We always have to have it. Where's our sound effect? We didn't. <laughs> got to have a better one for that. So, yeah, it's good to have you guys in, in studio. I sent out a text last night, <clears throat> last minute. We were thinking about who to have on the show. Invited the guys to come, the ones that are back um, for Holy Week from seminary. And uh, just ask them to come down and be in studios, answer any questions that you might have, or just kind of throw out and let you guys know what seminarians do. So, uh, Josh Hill, you're up first. <clears throat> just wondering. Uh, yeah, what seminary are you at, Josh? I'm down in Denver, St. John Vianney okay, Seminary. Okay, just speak a little bit about that. To tell the people about that seminary in Denver, because I'm sure nobody knows that we even have a seminary in Denver. So, St. John Vianney in Denver, Bismarck Diocese sends uh, to that seminary for the philosophical program, and it's a program that is just phenomenal. It's uh, it's definitely testing and purging. Uh, <laughs> As philosophy always is. Yep, exactly. Um, but it's an incredible seminary. The house fathers, the the instructors, uh, the priests. The actually, actually, if you could speak to that, because the way that <clears throat> St. John Vianney does uh, the living situation is actually different from most seminaries. If a, if a person thought of a seminary and all the other ones that we send to, they live on campus in a huge house, 
you know, yeah, like kind of like dorm system. style, but at SJV they actually do it a little different. Can you explain that? Yeah, so it's based off of I believe the the Paris uh, France model. So it's a parish house system in which you have the overall seminary community of about a hundred plus guys. And then within that community, you have five separate parish houses, is what we call them, of smaller communities built up of about 12 to 15 guys. Uh, so you've got the overall community that uh, the seminary and its program fosters that, that sense of solidarity and brotherhood. But then you also have a more refined and more um, focused community life within the seminary in which you get to, to live with to study with and uh, journey through seminary with particular guys, uh, usually in your year. How many guys are with you? I mean, like, the total in the whole program, do you think? The whole program? Like pre-theology, or are you talking the whole seminary? Yeah, how about the whole seminary? Whole seminary, 100 plus. 100 plus. Yeah, so that's 100 how, many, plus how many seminaries are in the country? <laughs> Lots of seminaries. Well, we've been making this point, you know, for, for well, well over a year. We're in our second season of this show. It is season two, folks. <laughs> I don't know if you knew two, that. Season two, Sons of Thunder. Uh, but anyway, you know, we've been making this point because in, in the, the, the context of the scandal, which we've spoken endlessly about, uh, and the discouragement that comes with that, and a lot of the challenges that Catholics face right now in, in the world, even practicing their faith, living a good life, at the same time that's going on, we got so many guys studying to be priests. And these aren't just guys that couldn't be doing anything else. I'm sitting here with four of them right now that would make great husbands, fathers, businessmen, or whatever else they would like to be doing. But they've given, they've given up their life to follow Jesus. And these are excellent men. And such as these four, I mean, you got a hundred in Denver, a hundred, well, we had like 200 two hundred and some at the Josephinum. hundred plus at Kenrick. North American College, two hundreds plus. I mean, so we're talking like maybe as many as, I don't know, 5,000 plus guys right now studying across the country uh, for the priesthood. So the Calvary's on the way. Don't get discouraged, everybody. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, so we also have Paul Gardner in the studio. He's at Kenrick. Uh, they have a little different style, so maybe you could explain where that is, what that's like, how's seminary life there, those kinds of things. Yeah, Father, I'm at uh, Kenrick Lennon Seminary in St. Louis, and like you said, it's a little different style from that St. John Vianney Parish House. And you were at St. John Vianney. Yeah, so I've experienced both of them now. And uh, the Kenrick style, is, is it's got its own advantages because it's got everybody living in the same house, and so guys are, are forming each other. Um, you know, you got you got every um, rank in seminary from the deacons down to you know beginning beginning college guys, um, all in the same house together, and so you see the whole spectrum of seminary formation. It gives you a real broad perspective of of you know where guys begin and the transformation that they go through throughout seminary, and it's a powerful experience to see wow like this seminary thing really works like guys <laughs> guys really change as they go throughout it um that's one of my favorite parts as vocation director too is just to from when a guy enters uh you know as a college guy uh to all the way up to when they're in theology i remember ben warner here is in the studio the first time i ever met ben he had blue hair <laughs> and it, was, it was like he was a swimmer at Mandan High School. Sounds like Father Josh back in the day. <laughs> I had a blue mohawk. I don't know. So if I made it, you could make it. And I, and I just remember him coming in, and, and you know, you got an 18 year old senior who's got blue hair and is, you know, thinks he's called to the priesthood and, and trying to, you know, and now seeing him now, you know, is a man that is, you know, a genius who is formed well, who loves the Lord. 
Uh, it's amazing to watch that transformation. But, Ben, maybe you can speak a little bit to that, you know, from 18 all the way till now, how things have changed for you. Yeah, yeah, of course, Father. Um, so I'm also at Kedrick in St. Louis. And, um, yeah, there's just a lot of, uh, of course, all of us at all points are changing, always trying to conform ourselves to Christ crucified um, more and more in the life of holiness here, especially uh, coming here in Eastern, the Triduum. Uh, but it's really great to go through the seminary formation system. I mean, there's just a lot of clarity in, um, in how we ought to live the life of virtue and the life of holiness in the context of the church. Of course, in the seminary formation, the, the uh, easiest thing to point out is how close we stay to the sacraments. We have Mass every day. Uh, we pray an hour every day, the Liturgy of the Hours. And so, of course, um, it, kind of, it kind of detoxes your mind from all the junk, um, from all the junk, of course, uh, things from the media, and movies and kind of old habits and lifestyles and you put on the mind of the church you start praying the psalms the words of the church um and you get used to mass and you hear homilies every single day <laughs> and then you realize you got it a little bit too much it's like all right <laughs> quit telling me how to live my life just let me live a little bit <laughs> no but it's really great to uh it's really great to go through and, and of course uh, the church just has so many answers so uh, and such a richness of theology uh and so many helps and methods in prayer and how to meditate and how to grow and so just kind of trying to grow in the church in silence, um, just kind of like uh, in the garden. Of course, the word seminary comes from the Latin word for, for nurturing garden. And so that's kind of what we are, uh, what we're doing in formation. We're letting uh, uh, the church nourish us with their sacraments, with each other and personalities. And there's so many uh, faculty and staff to help us that um, you can grow quite a bit uh, every single year. In fact, this first year of theology, I feel like I've grown the most that I've ever grown. Which is a really nice way of saying it, everybody. But I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go there here because back way back in the day uh, when Josh, Father Josh, and I were getting ready for this, we were we had a foosball uh, competition going on, and we had some money on the table. There's four of us. All four went to seminary. Oh, we had man. some money on the table, and uh, that wasn't enough. So I'm like, how about your eyebrows? And, and so, I had just hold on. I had just shaved my head bald. <laughs> so. Anyway, and we were winning. We were winning by a lot. Yeah, so they lose, and the next or two days later, we're down in St. Louis at Kenrick Glennon. And what did the father? That was say? my entrance interview, and I'm sitting with him, and he's like <laughs> looking at me, and he's like, "Something's wrong." And I'm like, "I'm like, yeah, I don't have any eyebrows." <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, why?" And I'm like, "I lost a foosball game." And he's so, like, "I love it." <laughs> so if you're out there right now listening, you think you might be called to be a priest? It's awesome formation, everybody. It's yes. The mass and prayer and all that's a part of it, but there's human formation, there is intellectual formation, it's absolutely wonderful. All right, folks, get on your uh, phones, get on Facebook, get online, whatever it is, and call in. We got Straight Talk with the Brothers uh, coming live, and we also have, you know, we were talking about seminary, and we're talking about, you know, being formed as a man. You also can be, you know, seminary formed fathers. I say that over and over. And so today we have a father in studio, uh, Austin Bits. And now it's time for Straight Talk with the Brothers. 1-877-795-0122. That's 1-877-795-0122. Austin, good to have you. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, All right, good to be here. Speaking, speaking of old times, yeah. this is one of our oldest friends all yeah. the way back to the good old days of St. Mary's Central High School. And he yeah. made it. He made it. He's still Catholic. He's a good we're all, we're all alive. We're on our way to heaven now. Yeah, yeah so it's good to have you uh, in studio. So we, uh, we, we're going to begin straight talk, just talking with Austin a little bit about fatherhood. 
Uh, and as I said, you know, for seminary, for guys, you know, whether you're called to be a priest or a dad, you know, you're called to be a father, a spiritual father, natural father. And so if you're even thinking about it, considering it, it's my vocation plug. Uh, get out there and give it a shot <clears throat> because you're not, it's, a, it's a win-win. It's either you're going to be a better man as a father or you're going to be a great priest. So uh, anyway, <clears throat> Austin Bits is a, is a rapper too. I don't know if people... I used to rap. <laughs> <laughs> he has a CD. Until I had children that yeah. I had to give up. <laughs> There's a lot of things you got to give up when you have children, huh? Yeah. Pretty much everything. Yep. So what's it like being a Catholic dad in our day and age? Well, you know, it's, it's got its uh, good points and its tough points. It's not always easy. I think, uh, you know, just the the way that people feel about the Catholic Church nowadays, it makes it a little more difficult. But I think that's why we have this faith is so it gets us through times like this where, uh, where you know, people might look at us different because of our faith <coughs> or because of how we go about our daily lives and prayer and, you know, just how we worship. Absolutely. So... We're going to take uh, Straight Talk with the Brothers, everybody, to a little bit different point today. we got another little edge on it since we got Austin in studio today. We have some very specific questions that we came up with that we think that most dads and probably mothers as well are wondering about. So it's Straight Talk with the Brothers. Give, Give it, it to it me, to straight no, segment. No, 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 no. Here it is right now. Ready? <laughs> you ruined it. Here, here it is. This is where we were trying it out. How, how, how hard is it to keep your kids focused in Holy Week and on Holy Week. Give it to us straight! Okay. <laughs> well, you know, it's the hard part is is getting them used to these long masses. <laughs> I, think, I think that's the hard part for any well, Catholic. You know, they, they and then three three of them you know, Easter isn't quite as long as Holy Thursday and Good Friday, but you know, they my kids at church are always like, How many songs are left? How many songs? How many songs? <laughs> Then how many extra songs are we doing today? <laughs> I remember uh, a good friend of mine, he came to the ordination. Uh, he was a friend of Jordan Dosh, Father Jordan Dosh, and his kid came with. And he at the beginning, there was a procession. And there's like, you know, like <clears throat> 80 priests. And he's walking, and he said, he, his kid leaned over, he's like, Dad, this is going to be way longer than an hour, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want to speak to something, though, that I think a lot of parents, uh, maybe help me understand this, or our listeners understand a little bit deeper, but... You know, my 11 o'clock mass, I've been encouraging people to come to, you know, for years and bring your kids, you know, bring them to the Stations of the Cross, the liturgy, the various devotions that we have form your children in the faith. But a lot of a lot of parents come back at me and they're like, you know, Father, but I've got these little kids and it's so difficult to keep them quiet or it's so difficult to keep them under control. And, you know, an old lady glared at me, you know, and I, I had to leave, you know. <laughs> so... As as a as as a father with with children, uh, you and your wife, you know, was that was what does that look like when you're in the pew and you got one acting up and keeping control of the others? Is that a well, you get used challenge? to it. Yeah, okay. You know, especially with four kids. You know, the first one, it's like, oh man, we got to leave. <laughs> <laughs> then with three boys, and they always they used to be the thing where they'd fight over the books all the time. Who could get the most books in the pew? But, <laughs> You know, it just takes time, and I see it all the time with young young uh, families, too. It, it's, you know, you get red in the face, you get embarrassed, but it's all a part of it. You yeah, know? I remember, and I'm going to have Josh tell this story. He was out, I believe it was St. Anthony, right? And uh, the rancher came in. It's <laughs> yeah. a great story. So, <clears throat> it was the, you know, everybody at St. Anthony down, just a little shout-out to them, and Huff, those were the two parishes I was at. And for the most part, the kids were, you know, pretty straight-laced. And I was always like, I wonder why at this parish they're so straight-laced and everywhere else, you know, <clears throat> you got kids 
kind of all over the place. But one time during mass, one of the kids was acting up, and it was loud and it was obnoxious until at one point the dad's like, "That's enough!" <laughs> and he grabs a kid by the arm, and they walk down the middle aisle of the church, and the kid's like. Dad, don't beat me! <laughs> <laughs> well, then I figured out that that's how the kids stay uh, stay in line. You know, there's a little beating that needs to happen. Folks, again, 877-795-0122 is our number. So if you want to call in, Facebook, whatever it is, uh, yeah, go ahead and do it. We're waiting. And as we wait, we're talking to Austin Bits. Actually, Austin, you know, just really quick, <clears throat> you know, he's a owner of Hangman Drywall, hard worker. I've seen him work. He he helped. Uh, he donated his time to help put the bishop's uh, place together, and uh, he's a very generous man, a hard worker. But you're 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 sitting on a new venture too. And you just want to give just a, a little, you know, because this is something I had never heard about. Yeah, it's cool. It's good for the environment. It's green. It's a good use of products. Part, right. part of the green deal, baby. Get online with the green <laughs> yep. deal. Everybody's green getting everything deal. for free. AOC. <laughs> yeah, no, not quite. But uh, <laughs> what we do is uh, we recycle drywall waste. Basically, the leftover scrap from projects we take that uh we break it down so that we can recover the gypsum which is a valuable uh, mineral mined from the earth that can be used as a soil amendment in agriculture and also in soil remediation in the oil fields good so if anybody's out there listening right now that you oil field people are out there get the word out this is great for the environment farmers ranchers if you know anybody, get this. Uh, let's get this business going. It's going to be right. good. Yeah, we'll be a good source of gypsum that our state needs. So awesome. So back to the questions. What is your biggest worry as a Catholic dad? Give it to us straight. Okay, straight. Um, <laughs> you know, I think the hardest part is I've seen it with my family and relatives. You know, they, maybe they were confirmed in the faith, but. As they get older, they don't practice the faith. They fall away from the faith. They don't believe in the Catholic Church anymore. And I, you know, I worry about that with my kids when they get older. Where are they going to be? I know it took me a while to figure it out, but it was always there for me. You know, thankfully I was blessed with uh, Catholic education, and I had you know great teachers then, and and also just the fact that I know you guys too, and I have priests as friends, and that helps too. Yeah, it's been awesome coming. I'll go over to his house and. I think one of the greatest blessings for a priest is to have good families in his life, and I think one of the greatest blessings for a family is to have a good priest in their life. Yeah. I think yeah. There's, yeah. there's a complementarity to that, and it's always fun to go over and get just a feel for how crazy life can be uh, as a parent. When you know, I get to fire your kids up, throw them yeah. around, and then they're all, <laughs> and, and I'm like, go yeah, I gotta, I gotta go home, man. <laughs> yeah, they're getting bigger now, so be careful. Yeah. <laughs> but one thing before I forget. Kean's birthday today. My that's uh, right. My son oh, hey. turned seven today. Well, he's birth- listening. Happy birthday! You are the god pi- Godfather. I know. <laughs> Can you believe that? The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, we need you to call in for the Straight Talk segment one eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. That's one eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. We're live <laughs> on the Sons of Thunder show, and we're looking for you to call in one eight seven 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 nine five. 0122 or get on the Facebook page in which you can just post something on Facebook and then those questions come right to us. We're talking about Catholic family life with the real Catholic dad and we're giving it to you straight. Yeah, so I just wanted to bring up something you know you're talking about are my kids going to, you know, practice the faith? I think one of the greatest things is is a strong father, which I think you are. Um, maybe you could talk a little bit. You took your daughter Kinley to uh, the Rise Up conference. Yeah. What was what was that like? Oh, it was awesome. I look forward to doing it again. Um, 
basically we just got into Harlow's bus, left on uh, Friday morning, I believe. Had mass, left, went out to the cities. Uh, it was it was powerful. We stopped at the Feed My Starving Children the first night. I don't know if you guys have been there. I've was, heard of that, yep. It's quite the place. Basically, we were there for an hour, and we made enough meals to feed uh, 53 kids for one year. Wow. And it basically just consists of a rice packet, you know. And, you know, it's powerful experience. And then the the next day was the conference, and... You know, like you said, the Calvary's coming, and I believe it even with these kids nowadays. I mean, they're so... I think about when I was their age and where my faith was at and where they're at nowadays and how they understand things, and it's just... It's great to see that. It is striking. Yeah. The kids in Catholic school. Uh-huh. I mean, we had we got five priests on our time, so I'm not going to say it was terrible, but we did not get the faith. Yeah. Now. We right. kinda, when we got in charge, it was kind of we got to the top, and we we're like, never again. We're yeah. going to make sure this thing is what it's <laughs> supposed to be. Folks, we're on the live segment right now. We want you to call one 795 We want to hear from you, the listeners. All right. Give us a call. Post on Facebook. We're here with Austin Bits talking about what it means to be a serious Catholic dad. So, as a Catholic dad, in your opinion, what is your biggest challenge? Give it to us straight. Well, I think that kind of goes along with the worry, you know. It's just keeping your kids in the in the faith and bringing them to church every week and hoping that they understand why you're doing it every week. And to them, you know, not to be afraid to to ask the important questions about about faith and, uh, you know, just to help them grow. That's that's the challenge. You, you can never stop teaching your kids, you know, especially when it comes to faith and Never give up on them no matter what. You know, some kids have hard times dealing with things. Some kids just don't want to go to church. But you got to find a way around it. I mean, we struggle with it a lot. Um, our boys, some of them just, they don't like to go to church. But, you know, when they get to church, they enjoy it. They enjoy every minute of it. They get they get a lot out of it. But, you know, it, it gets to be a challenge. So that's the main thing is just letting them grow well yeah and we have the mother of the sons of thunder in studio and we I, mom maybe you can speak a little bit to uh how do you get your kids you know you know getting them go to mass i mean i remember one of the, the biggest things was uh, come hell or high water we were going to mass it didn't yeah. matter and uh actually i'm very grateful for that <laughs> yeah Teresa the hun no it's they mother also, Teresa, yeah, right yeah you remember that you were probably the one that came up with that they ended uh. up calling her mama t but uh mom maybe you can speak a little bit to that and you know talking to parents and just letting them know you know like to maybe even just a word of encouragement you know when they they the kids whining whatever just to get them into that habit of going to sunday mass well i'll tell two stories <laughs> <laughs> it was great she was like i don't want to talk i don't want to talk now we got two stories so the first one is when we first moved to cathedral um we were we were sitting about halfway back and all of a sudden i was praying really hard and and i i looked and there was no father josh anywhere and and about little josh little josh at that time and about six pews up i could see these people moving and wrestling and moving and wrestling he was about two and a half years old then. And we finally caught up with him at way at the very, very front of the church. And he had crawled all the way. So, I mean, kids do do some <laughs> really terrible things. Yeah. And the other one was he was going on a ski trip. And I said, 
You have to go to Mass on Saturday because otherwise you won't get to Mass. Well, he had dyed his hair emerald green. and <laughs> was blue. Then it went green. <laughs> and Most so, of the time it was blonde. So we went to uh, Mass that morning, you know, early morning Mass at like 8 o'clock. And, you know, there's all these little old ladies were there and their eyes were just like popping because here comes this kid with the emerald green hair. And, and afterwards, one of them said to me, "What do you? What? Why was his hair like that?" I said, "Well, he's going skiing, and he had to have his skiing outfit on." But I said he had to go to mass too because we couldn't miss mass. Oh, that's so good that you make him go to mass," she said. Awesome, yeah. See, so folks, if you're listening out there, do not get, uh, don't get discouraged. And and the biggest thing is, I have this theory, like. If you are uh, a Catholic, if you lose the Mass, the Mass is the anchor. If you lose the Mass, you lose confession, you will lose your faith. However, the, because the Mass is the anchor, our, our connection to God, if you continue to do that, I don't care how far away you fall, you will always return. I have a whole experiment going with this. And I remember there was this one <clears throat> young lady out at University of Mary, and it, she was just, you know, she was not the best girl. And uh, I ended up having a long talk with her, and she had this huge conversion eventually, and now married a great guy, all this stuff. And I remember sitting down with her, we were having coffee one time, and I'm like, I can't believe that you converted without going to Mass. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, you had an awful life. And she's like, yeah, but I never miss Mass. She's like, even if, even if I was drunk, I still went to Mass. I had, you got to go to Mass. And I was like, that's it. That's it. Like, and she's, she didn't receive you know, because she knew she was in the state of sin, but she was always there, and that was the hook. You know, and that's, I have to say, I'll even speak to my own life, and we've never really got into, you know, our conversion stories, <clears throat> but that was something that was true for both Father Josh and I. I mean, Absolutely. All, all through college, dropping out of college, going back to college, high school, whatever it was, I never I never quit going to Mass, and I never quit going to confession. I know I didn't practice confession regularly. It was like... <laughs> Once or twice a year, maybe my three. Easter duty. Yeah, Easter <laughs> duty. But I and it was put into me when I was a real young kid through family practice. And so one thing that I've been preaching about this Lent is real holiness, because people. So I, I think we go back. You know, the devil gets us back to the Middle Ages. You know, a saint whoever was walking around his monastery with a book in his hand and a whip in the other hand, scourging himself. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, that's saintly. It's not, Everybody's saintliness is sitting there in a pew with your four children as they are going berserker, not hearing Father's homily. They kept you up until 3 in the morning last night. You know, little John threw the pancake on the floor that morning, and yeah. the Cheerios are smashed in the pew. And you're like, why are we here? Well, you know, you're here because the liturgy forms the person. And that's the beautiful part about our Catholic faith is that at the end of the day, if you just show up to it, you know, the big push this year at St. Leo's was come to the Stations of the Cross and bring your children, even if they're all over the place. You know, I might be short, but i got a really booming voice, so I'll just speak louder. <laughs> and, you know, and the amazing part about it is the kids were more quiet than they were at Mass because they had never seen anything like this before. Mm. You, know, you got the, the candles and the cross, you know, and everybody's kneeling and then standing up, you know, and all these. You know, at the end of it, parents are coming up and they're like, you know, by the end of it, the children were saying, you know, what, you know, Dad, what's this about? Mom, what's that about? Uh, and so it's very, very formative. The other one, as you know, you've heard us say numerous times, is confession. And that gets even, you know, you don't show up at the 15-year-old's doorstep and start talking about, you know, sexual sin and confession. But when you start <laughs> from their second grade confession, 
you know, onward, and you're bringing them all the time. They're seeing dad, especially. I mean, there's no insult towards women, but the stats show us that if dad practices his faith devoutly, that the kids have like an 85% chance of practicing the faith that dad practices. And so setting that example, I, you know, I have my, my, uh, my penance services for the young ones that are making their first confession. I always tell the parents, you know, set the example and go to confession. It's like years ago, I'm, you give this huge talk, and I'm like, well, that must have done it, you know. And I'm cruising around, and the little guy's like, Dad, are you going to confession? And he's like, son, dads don't sin. <laughs> and I wanted to grab him and be like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> You're the first one on the line. But anyway, so dads out there set that example from the time that they're little, and it's so much easier later. You know, when, when even when your son's 15, you know, 20, he's able to come to you and say, hey, well, Dad, why don't we go to you know Saturday confessions? You don't need to ask why, but you're able to support him and go with him, son, father, father, son. Good. Uh, again, 877-795-0122. You can get on Facebook and, and write in as well. Again, 877-795-0122. We want to hear from you, the listeners, as well. Uh, Teresa on Facebook said, The best way to help your kids behave in church is to sit up front. I have an 18-year-old, a 1-year-old, and a 2-year-old. <laughs> when we're up front, they squirm and play a bit. If we sit in the back, they turn into those kids, in quotation marks. <laughs> Even the ushers tell them to behave. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your honesty, Teresa. That's a good point there. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, one of the things I'd like to say, too, is when I was uh, down, so I have one of my past students, he was down in uh, Omaha. for. Hold some that story. I just want to say one thing, so it's just coming <laughs> to mind. If anybody has, if parents out there right now, get on Facebook if you're listening, and if you've got advice that other parents should have about getting your kids to act correctly in mass, we want to hear from you right now. <laughs> Get a big, huge book going. We'll publish it later. Sons of Thunder, How to Behave in Mass. <laughs> but, but I was down in Omaha, and this, uh, one of my past students said, hey, can I come to Mass? Where are you having Mass? I said, yeah, we're having it at St. John's Chapel on the University of Creighton. He didn't, I didn't tell him this because I forgot that it was, it's the Institute for Priestly Formation, so there's 170 seminarians and about 30 priests for that Sunday Mass. So he shows up, and he's the only guy with a kid. So he sit and he's sitting up front, and he had no. Idea. He's in the very front, and he's surrounded by all seminarians and all priests. <laughs> and this little kid is just—he's holding them through the whole mass, and he's pointing and he's talking to him. And the kid is just like—it was—it was amazing to watch. And when you're up front like that, you can explain things, and they can see more. If they're not up front, they can't see anything. And when things are going on, they want to learn about it. So I don't know. Yeah. Can you speak to that at all? Well, yeah, I've noticed. You know, we try to sit at least three rows. You know, we don't sit exactly in the front all the time, but sometimes when the church is full, you know, we'll go in the back. But it's just not the same for them because they're just there's too many distractions. They don't get to see everything. You know, it's it's completely different. But they always like to sit up. You know, we sit up on the right side at St. Anne's, three rows back. Usually is about where we sit. Your pew. Your pew. Yeah, the Catholic pew. You own it. It's not quite reserved. about where we sit all the time and they then we know where to find each other if if one has to park the car or something and come in later because uh what was it two weeks ago they had uh first communion so i parked the car kelly went in i was like well where is she and i was looking and i didn't see her in the spot i didn't see her so i was looking went over there so finally i was just standing in back then my youngest kale he finally saw me and sure enough, there they were where we always sit, but I just couldn't see them. And <laughs> I, I guess I was too afraid to walk up there in front of everybody, but, yeah, that it works. 
That's why we got ushers. Yeah. <laughs> My family is somewhere. Please, yeah. sir, find them for me. <laughs> I've, I've heard stories about sometimes ushers don't always do what they're supposed to do. <laughs> as long but, as they're not stealing But at the least collection. they're there, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I, props to the ushers. They're some yep. of the most important oh, people yeah. out they there. They protect the church and for us. We want you to call one 795 That's one 795 We want to hear from you, the listeners, and uh, we want you to get on Facebook and just Facebook in something right now that we you know what works for your family in mass. You remember Jerry Richter? He was in my class at St. Mary's. Yep. Jerry and Sarah Richter, a wonderful family uh, here in Bismarck. Jerry works out at the University of Marietta. What do they have now? Eight kids? I think eight. And so they're, they're, they're professionals, and Jerry calls it the death hug, I believe. <laughs> and so he says, you know, if you're sitting there with his youngest, and he said, the louder they cry... It's like a python. You just get a little bit tighter, and he's like, they either stop crying or they run out of air. Right? So it's going on in church. Everybody's watching. Doesn't seem like child abuse to me. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's a great father, and, and I've given that advice to a lot of people, and they say that it works. So remember, the python death hug. We'll call it the Richter hug. Yeah, let's not call it the death hug. <laughs> The, the loving child discipline. <laughs> the right? yeah, well, one of, one of the things, too, is, you know, when we were talking with Austin Bitts. He's a good friend of ours, went to high school with him. Uh, just being a, about being a Catholic dad and, uh, you know, in the world we live in. One of the things is, you know, with, is good friends, bad friends. <clears throat> you know, and I think all three of us can speak to that. Mm-hmm. But, but do friends matter? Give it to us straight! Well, a few of them do. You know, it's... <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> nice to have those few friends that matter. Um, then you end up losing the friends that don't matter, it seems like. Uh, exactly. You find it out one way or another whether they're real friends or not. And I've gone through it with, uh, you know, with business and <laughs> just how a person lives their life. You know, if somebody's a negative person around you, you don't want to be around them all the time. And you finally realize, I don't need to be around this negativity all the time. It doesn't do me any good. So I think the the good friends are the ones that matter. Absolutely. You know, and we you know, probably speak to that a little bit, too. I remember when we joined seminary, you know, it was like a parting of the sea. Yeah. You know, on one end, we've got people that were totally supportive. And over the years, you know, a lot of us were going through various conversions, and, mm-hmm. you know, they're still buddies to date, you know, versus other people that are, like, so weirded out by my priesthood, mm-hmm. you know, that they won't even speak to me. Great. We got Roberta from Moorhead, Minnesota. She's on the phone Minnesota. right now. Are, are you there, Roberta? <laughs> Okay, we're connecting we're... with Roberta out in Moorhead, Minnesota. We got some family out in <coughs> Moorhead, Minnesota. I think maybe my godmother, Lisa Borgen, might be listening right now. And my great uncle, our great uncle, uh, Jim Nelson, we're praying for you. And we're praying for everybody out in that Minnesota area. We're waiting to connect with Roberta, but she might have actually posted on Facebook. She says that there is <coughs> a support program that hel- uh, that helped with other parents uh, in teaching kids the faith. And I think that really, you know, ties into what we were just talking about. I mean, if you're feeling isolated out there, like, you know, you're raising your kids in the faith. First off, to be faithful does not mean to be boring. You know, the funnest people that I know are the most faithful people that I know. And the more the faithful get together, and we're talking normal, faithful Catholic families, and we, you know, uh, uh, you guys are hanging out with each other, uh, not only is it supportive, but it's a great social group to hang out with, you yeah. know, at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. You're really doing the same things. You're just talking about different stuff. You're moving from the world into a more faith-based setting. Cool guys drinking a beer, grilling some steaks in the backyard. Yep. 
you know, but it's it's people of the same mind, and and Jesus is su- is supporting that, and so it's find a support group, talk to your pastor. You know, I, I would like to speak to that. One of my top ten uh, as a priest memories is when. I, we did what's called the Creasters out at Minokin. It was an all-men's choir, and we sang at Christmas that and Easter. That was really cool. <laughs> when we initially signed up, we had like 25 guys. And what we did is, you know, Paul Kane, little shout-out if you're listening, he got up and he said, gentlemen, this is a call to all the men of this parish. We're going to form a men's choir because men don't sing enough. And he said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get together from 7 to 8 o'clock, and we're going to practice with the choir director. And then from 8 until whenever... We're going to soak the vocal cords and watch football at Father's uh, Rectory. And I remember he said, <laughs> after the first night, we stayed up till like 2 in the morning, <clears throat> out in the garage talking. And when we left, one of the guys stayed behind and he said, hey, Father, he's like, we need this. We men need this. So don't be afraid to start a men's group. Get, get involved. We got Matt from Bismarck. Uh, is he on the phone? We got him on the phone. Matt, you there? Hey, Father Josh, Father Justin, it's Matt. How's it going? Good, Good Matt. Matt. Welcome to the Sons of Thunder show. Yeah, what you got for us? Hey, I was just going to say a little quick thing. So we have a uh, two-year-old and about a nine-month-old right now, and something that we kind of do every single Mass is there's those times that, you know, it's like, okay, what's this What's this guy wearing this different colored shirt, you know, doing up there talking, right? <laughs> yeah, so right, exactly. We, <laughs> we, we just sit down and we talk to Monica, our daughter, and say, hey, honey, this is, this is what's happening right now in the Mass, and just whisper that and say, this is what's going on, you know, he's consecrating the Eucharist, or, you know, this is the second reading, and then after the first reading, you get your snack, you know, so trying to make sure that, you know, even at that age, just incorporating them into the Mass as much as possible and explaining that this is what's happening, you know, and for them to be knowing what's going on is so important, even at that stage, because you see that curiosity comes right away, even at two, so uh, just a little thought, you know, as a dad, as uh, as a young dad, and wanted to share that, so... Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I think I think a lot of like a lot of people can you know take take something away from that. I, again, I've, I've seen dads doing that a lot, explaining parts of the mass. But in order to explain parts of the mass, you got to you have to know the mass. You have to know the different yep. parts. And if you don't, you know, I would suggest to everybody out there, go and pick up the book, The Lamb's Supper by Scott Hahn. It explains the mass in detail. It's uh, it's a wonderful. Book. I just get on the internet and print out the parts of the maps. You know, I mean, just bring a huge. I'm talking folder. about the symbolism. <laughs> I know, bring in a folder with your. Go buy a Roman missile. <laughs> bring a binder in. Well, hey Matt, thanks for uh, calling into the Sons of Thunder thanks, show. Guys. Everybody out there, take your kids to mass. I think we got time for one more question. I want to get real serious here with you because I think this would scare the ever living heck out of me if I was a father. Digital world, uh, predators and pornography protecting your family from that give it to us straight straight again okay <laughs> well we have an 11 year old daughter soon to be 12 she wants a phone she has a phone it sits on her wrist it's called a watch phone but that's not good enough because everybody <laughs> in school has this nice phone that they can play games on and go on instagram and snapchat and facebook or whatever all day long and she just doesn't understand why we don't want to buy her a phone and it's hard, you know, to to explain to her. Well, you know, we didn't have phones. We didn't need them until I didn't want one until my wife bought me one. I, had, I didn't even I had want the beeper. one. Remember yeah. the beeper? <laughs> <laughs> the hey, where's uh, the phone, man? Yeah, but you know, it's it's crazy that there's kids, so young kids, getting phones these days, and it's hard to believe that you know you don't have to give in to the, giving them a phone unless they absolutely need it. But there's other phones, exactly. ways of getting hold of them. They don't need a smartphone. I couldn't agree more. 
Austin, it's been great having you on. I appreciate it, guys. Could you give us just a little little rap? Anything uh, you got? An some? old school rap? Yeah, eh? real quick. Yeah. <laughs> got to speed it up a little. For 35 years. Oh, no, I'm not 35 anymore. So. <laughs> 39 years I've walked this earth using all the knowledge I gained since birth. Asking myself, what's life worth? It's worth that for because there's a whole world to explore. Therefore, I'm using all my senses to live my experiences, understand all consequences. Awesome. Whoa. And that's Boom. a wrap for Jeff Brothers. <laughs> all right, everybody. We're going to take a little break here, but come on. On back is we got a great show ahead of us. God bless, bless you, America. <laughs> See ya.